Warning, this podcast contains descriptions of alleged supernatural events that may at times be disturbing to some listeners. Welcome to Supernatural Stories. I'm Braxton Hunter. For the past 10 years, I've been a seminary professor talking about supernatural events mostly in the course of theological, philosophical, or biblical discussions. But just because that's how I usually interact with these ideas doesn't mean I'm not also a normal guy with an interest in provocative and mysterious accounts of the paranormal. Every now and then, someone in the religious world will tell you something. Maybe they can't prove it, and so it won't be on the evening news. But for them, their story doesn't have to be. Once something supernatural happens to you, it would seem, you just know. Well, I wanted to lay aside the theology and philosophy books for one project and just listen to what those kinds of people have to say. These are their stories, and it all begins in this episode with a young woman named Ashley. I grew up with a lot of spiritual confusion. My mother still to this day frequent psychics and those types of, um, I don't know how you would call it, like metaphysical, interested in those esoteric type things. And as a teenager, I had recently come out of some very serious sexual abuse from my past. And I was very angry. And I, I took out this rebellion or this anger I had and I basically buried myself in the occult not even sure I really believed in it but I just felt like drawn to this type of thing especially since I was kind of raised around that in this type of environment I'm Braxton Hunter, and this season on Supernatural Stories, you'll hear real people describe what they think are paranormal or supernatural experiences. The demonic, the angelic, the bizarre, and the miraculous are all covered. As I track down men and women from all walks of life and academic achievement, from scientists to students, and from the young to the old, from those who began as skeptics to those who always believed, all kinds of people have supernatural stories. I hope you'll stick with us and hear them all. But for today, let's get back to Ashley. I was put into contact with Ashley in early 2022 by some mutual social media friends who all assured me that I needed to talk to her. I reached out and we began discussing all that Ashley had been through. On the video call, I sat before a young woman with a pleasant smile and a genuine attitude. She was jovial, but calm and self-assured. I would learn that she has a husband and he shows up later, we'll come back to him, and is a mother in addition to running her own business online. I mean, she's respectable, successful, sensible. Not exactly that windbag who's always trying to one-up everyone's anecdotes. If it's not clear, I'm saying she's believable. I think she would strike you as believable. And note, that doesn't mean what she describes is real. Sincere people can be sincerely wrong. But it's worth noting. Ashley comes off as very authentic. And also, you'd like her. And if not, what's wrong with you 
She's great. And all that makes the story so much more interesting. With an upbringing around the occult, a young Ashley was set up to experiment herself. I remember being probably 18 years old, 17 or 18, and I bought tarot cards. I started going to a psychic. And I also did a little DIY thing. I went to Home Depot and I bought a piece of wood and I painted a Ouija board. To be honest, they sell them at Target. You know, it, it thought it was kind of a fun party game. I didn't really think that it worked originally. I thought it yeah. was kind of, you know, just for fun. At first, I thought it was kind of just for shock. You know, I'd bring it with me to the slumber parties and stuff like that. I didn't really think much of it until I started having actual encounters with things that I couldn't explain. And I think that kind of took the atheistic belief from me or agnostic, I think you would say, because I'm not sure I would have denied it at that time, but it, things started getting real really quickly for me. I, at points, was doing automatic writing. I was opening myself up because I thought it was a joke at first, like, oh, whatever. But then once I started getting actual answers that other people were verifying for me, I remember I brought this Ouija board over to this girl's house. And um, she told me she didn't believe in it. So I said, okay, well, let's see if it works. And she said, okay, well, I don't want to put my hand on the thing. They call it a planchette. I'm not sure what they call it on the thing that moves around so you can spell out the words or whatever. Um, she said, I don't want to put my hand on it because I don't want to subconsciously influence whatever it's going to say. And I said, that's fine. So she flipped the board upside down so I couldn't easily navigate it or spell things. And she had me look away. She was very specific with how she wanted me to do this so she could test if it was real. And she said, I'm going to ask it one question that I know you don't know the answer to and I want to see what happens. She said, how did my uncle die? And of course, I didn't know the answer to it, but it, it spelled out the word drown. And she started crying. She started panicking. And I'm like, you know what? And she said, my uncle was a scuba diver and he had an accident where his tank went out and he drowned.
that girl never would do it again with me. She's like, don't ever bring this here again. So haven't Ouija boards been disproven? I mean, this is the 21st century, right? Well, here's the thing. It might seem silly to think something Parker Brothers sells would actually be capable of supernatural power, but that a company owns a thing is kind of irrelevant to the conversation. We don't scoff at the suggestion that a new toy might cause death or harm just because it was made by a big brand and made for kids. But if that still all seems a bit much, think of it this way. What we're talking about is the practice of divination, which is, for example, condemned in the Bible. Those who believe in this sort of thing don't necessarily think the danger is intrinsic to the Ouija board. It's the motivation and search behind the use of the Ouija board that concerns them. If the supernatural does exist and one is trying to contact spirits, that just might be a bit reckless. And when it comes to Ashley's Ouija board experience, reckless it certainly was. But I was very intrigued in it. I started doing the Ouija board like every night after this. I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with tarot cards. I was fully convinced in my mind after having these incidents. I clearly remember having times during this period of my life where I would be using the Ouija board and then a picture off the wall would just like fall off the wall with no explanation. Okay, I know this sounds is gonna sound very strange and I know this whole thing will sound strange to people who are you know, skeptical, but I can only just say it with complete truth. Um, so I, like I said, I carried this Ouija board with me everywhere. And I was very, at that time, superstitious about it. Like you're only supposed to wrap it in certain colors and all kinds of stuff like that. And I mean, I was literally going to work as a teenager and I'd like have it in my trunk. Like I had it oh all the gosh. time. <laughs> and uh, one time I pulled it out of the car and I flipped it over and I noticed something this actually did spook me a little bit, but when I had bought it, it was like a sheet of plywood, I think. I don't know, um, but it was like a really thin piece of wood, like pretty big. And I flipped it over and I was bringing it inside with me somewhere. And I noticed that there was three like marks through the back of it. It kind of looked like, like a claw mark through the back of it. And I remember thinking, like, that's really strange to me. Um, and I would show everybody and they're like, oh, that's so funny. You put, I'm like, I didn't put that in there. Like, I promise you, it goes wow. everywhere with me. And at one point, it was probably towards the end of my time with the Ouija board. Um, there was three giant, like, marks in the back of it. It kind of looked like a claw mark. So Ashley has had plenty of experiences by this point, but despite her enthusiasm, they clearly haven't all been good. Some of them are unsettling, and that's podcast talk for downright terrifying. Yeah, so it makes sense that she's starting to feel like it's time to move on from this. And she's met that great guy I promised we'd get back to, and just at the right time. Getting close with him, she was willing to listen when he tried to influence her away from this stuff. So this is when I started panicking, when things started getting too real, and 
I met my husband and he was like, don't do that stuff. Um, I tried to, the first time I literally brought it downstairs and threw it like in the trash can by the road. And then I came back in my house and it was in my room later. And I said, mom, like I threw that away. She goes, oh, I thought you did that by accident. So I brought it back to your room. And I'm like, no, I don't want it anymore. So she's like, okay, I'm sorry. So I put it back outside and then I saw it later, a couple of days later in my sister's room. And I was like, uh, no, we've got to get rid of this. We don't want this anymore. And they were like, oh, okay. I'm not saying it just appeared. Uh, somebody had moved it. So um, from the trash them, back into your sister's room. Yes. After already bringing it, your mom bringing it back into your room. Yes. And this, this was also panicking me because I read online, like I was trying to, and at this point, I was still very superstitious and it said, do not burn it. And, um, and people would say like, oh, it always comes back to you. You can never really get rid of it. But if you want to, you have to bury it in black and like chains or something. So I literally took this black dress I had and I wrapped it in this, in this black cloth and I buried it in the woods on my parents' property, like far in there. I've never seen it since then. That's where it sits today. Yes. So far as you know. <laughs> as far as you know. <laughs> yeah, it might be in your bedroom under the carpet or something. I was skeptical when I reflected on this. Because this is such a common part of the lore that it seems to stretch credulity even for those of us who are kind of willing to go with you up to a certain point. But then, one... Someone might say, hey, weird things do happen. And this could explain why the lore exists about this. Eh, your mileage may vary. But two, I caught something interesting when I listened back to what Ashley had said. She's careful to say that it wasn't like the board just appeared suddenly in her room. There is a naturalistic explanation for it. It's not as though it's transporting immediately from the trash to the bedroom by teleportation. That's how so many online edgelords describe it. But could this be a true commonality and that is still weird, despite the mechanism being more mundane in the details? Unfortunately, the deal we make when we take personal stories seriously like this is we get a lot of detailed information that quickly presents a sketch of what the supernatural storyteller says happened and maybe strongly believes happened but we have no way to check so many of these details. That's the trade. I don't know about you, but I wanted to keep that trade open till I'd heard all of Ashley's story. And I ended up probably a couple years later becoming born again. And I had left that house where I was doing all of those occult type things. And probably three years later, three years after being born again, I came back to that house to spend the night at this time i'm married and my husband and i are sleeping in the bed and i woke up to feel it felt like somebody had their knees on my chest and they were choking me i woke up and i was convinced it was somebody I literally thought somebody was choking me to death. So I'm gasping and I'm screaming and I'm, I sit up in bed and I'm just swinging in the air. 
it's dark, I'm swinging, I think somebody's trying to kill me. And my husband freaks out, he runs up and turns the light on and I'm like telling him to look under the bed, like there's definitely somebody in here. He's like, there's nobody in here, Ashley. And I had never really experienced something like that, but I had just this, it was probably lasted about 30 seconds. If it felt like I was gonna die, I honestly thought I was gonna die. I thought someone was just gonna choke me to death. Basically, after this period of my life, I started having regular incidences of it. what feels like demonic attacks on me when I'm trying to sleep. Or my husband will tell me, he's like, you know, you wake up, you woke up in the middle of the night last night and you were screaming. Like, you were screaming about things. Do you remember this? None of those things happened when I was in practicing the occult type things. They only ha started happening when I became born again and it that to me is very um i don't know what the word is but it's very convincing to me uh of the demon the demonic realm as far as how the bible describes it and how it validates that truth because before nothing was that spooky it wasn't that bad but now as a born again christian i literally feel so attacked um by demonic situations, I guess. I don't know how else to explain it. I also would like to add at this point in my life also, when I started having the hardcore spiritual warfare happening in my life that I've never experienced before, I started also getting um, very sick, I guess, physically that was kind of out of the blue for me. So it felt like attacks from everywhere as far as autoimmune conditions randomly developing for me and things like that. I got into a lot deeper things that um, definitely now makes my skin crawl to think about what I was doing. But at the point I was so interested. I think it was a desperate grasp to see that there was something supernatural out there. It was like proof, I just needed the proof. Sleep paralysis, a documented condition that is known to medical professionals that may account for experiences similar to what Ashley describes. According to the NHS in the UK, you may feel awake, but cannot move, speak, or open your eyes. You may feel like someone is in your room, like something is pushing you down. You'll feel frightened. These feelings can last up to several minutes. I discussed sleep paralysis with Ashley, and she insisted that her experience was relevantly unlike those described regarding sleep paralysis. And in any case, that this is happening to someone with Ashley's background is suspicious anyway. Ashley thinks so too. While interviewing her, the story drew together smoothly. Despite all that she had experienced, Ashley still sits there on the other end of the internet, kindly and patiently answering my questions. And that brings us back 
to the coincidental nature of all these things happening to one person, Ashley, and some of the worst after she became a Christian and walked away from the practices. It's just interesting to me that these situations started happening only once I became born again, not before, but right then is when it started happening. What's your, I think I know, but what's your explanation of why? I think that I was so opened up and constantly, I truly believe I was channeling demons regularly on almost a daily basis. And once I became born again, that they didn't like that. From that point in your life onward, have you pretty much been able to, at least when it comes to the supernatural, are you, are you as convinced as a person can be of something after that experience? Absolutely. I would say, I know I hear a lot of people say things like, well, yeah, I could be wrong. I am absolutely certain, 100%, no doubt of my experiences with the supernatural that I went through in the, when I was practicing occult. Yeah. Okay. You're sitting here. Uh, let's say you're not sitting across from a bald headed, bearded freak, but you're sitting across from someone about your age or maybe a little younger your younger self, let's say, someone like your younger self. And um, wh what do you say to them? What would you say, if you could just say one thing, what would you say to them to help them in the midst of, of their temptations to go into some of that stuff? It's never going to fulfill you, and it'll never be enough. You could have the most insane, crazy experience, and it just makes you want more and it makes you want more and you just get so deep into it and it's never going to fulfill you like Christ will. It's just going to bring you into such a worse place than you are right now that God knew what he was saying when he said to go straight to him. Supernatural Stories is a podcast made by me, Braxton Hunter, and we'll be back with more Supernatural Stories soon. Make sure to subscribe where relevant and as we're a new show, it would really help us out if you'd run over to iTunes and give us a five-star review and mention a couple of things you like about the show. There are those who claim to have seen behind a curtain. This is where they tell their supernatural stories.